Thank you for listening to a message from the Oak Haven Church. The following sermon was recorded during our Sunday morning worship service. We hope that this message will be helpful to you and encourage you to explore the Word of God. And now, this week's message. And thank you, Cynthia, for that, uh, that powerful, uh, joyful communion meditation. I always notice the Spirit lining things up. But as I mentioned earlier, we've, we've been in a wonderful time of, uh, of activity and, and come today to, uh, uh, to ordinary time after a couple wonderful weeks. Uh, can I ask to be turned down just about 25%, please? I'm getting a bit of bounce back. Thank you. Um, two weeks ago, if you remember, we had uh, Untouchable for our... Doesn't it... The cornrows feels like it was like a month ago, but it was just two weeks. So as, as Paul meditated on the eternal perspective that being in Christ gives us, um, brings a feeling of truth that there's nothing the enemy can do to us. The worst he can do is kill us, and it's not, that's a temporary inconvenience, is how, is how Paul put it. I mean, and, and so the, the eternal perspective that, that he operates under is something that um, we won't go into a, a protracted study of all of Paul's prayers, but Paul maintains that perspective in his prayer life and how he prays, how he prays about his life and the, the lives of the other Christ followers that he's, uh, that he's writing. And then, of course, last week uh, we had our, our time with, with Marvin in our, in our uh, well, if you count the game, our four sessions with him, and uh, we just had a, also a wonderful time discussing that on Wednesday night, and uh, uh, once again, if, uh, if you'd like to, to jump in and be a part of that, speak with me, and we, we can make that happen. Um, and so today is not going to be a, a revelation or an epiphany, but a reminder of what I think we can't be reminded too much about, and that is the role that prayer has in our lives and how much it needs to be, be even more a part of our lives as we're stepping into this next chapter, I think. So um, as we think about prayer, our lives as praying people, um, much has been written about it and reflected on. Here's just a few highlights. Max Lucado says, Our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. That to hold on to that, the power is in him, not in me. My, my prayers don't have to be magnificent works of poetic art as I say them or, or think them. He's the one who's going to do it, not because I've said it nicely. Prayer lays hold of God's plan and becomes the link between His will and its accomplishment on earth. I thought this one was particularly powerful. Amazing things happen, and we are given the privilege of being the channels of the Holy Spirit's prayer. I'm going to read that again. 
Prayer lays hold of God's plan and becomes the link between His will and its accomplishment on earth. I would say through us after that. Amazing things happen, and we are given the privilege of being the channels of the Holy Spirit's prayer. That's Elizabeth Elliot. Beth Moore needs an E on the end of her name, sorry. But uh, she says, there are parts of our calling, works of the Holy Spirit, and defeats of the darkness that will come no other way than through furious, fervent, faith-filled, unceasing prayer. Amen. Martin Luther writes, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. That really sums it up, doesn't it? And I liked it so much I put it in there twice, sorry. And Corey Tenboom, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Sums it up, doesn't it? She's good. Uh, the writer of Proverbs feel, well, here, let's, let's go back uh, for just a moment. As if we are left to our own ideas in our own ways and don't seek God, don't seek his counsel, don't seek his presence, don't seek his face, we stay lost and take everyone that we influence with us. Uh, the proverb writer felt so strongly about this truth that uh, it's in there twice, in Proverbs 14 and 16, same exact text. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. So without outside influence, without, um, without seeking the Lord and His ways, what feels right, not only does it work, it's, it's destructive, right? Left to our own ideas and our own ways, we stay lost and we take everyone with us. Now, as many of us work through the Empowering Subjects training, uh, it's important for us to um, I, uh, it's important for us to recognize that this is not an intellectual project, even though we're talking about homework and assignments and things like that, right? We are learning things and being reminded of things, but this is about more than gaining and retaining knowledge. This is not an, a, a knowledge exercise. This is our opening our hearts and our minds and our spirits to the Holy Spirit in, in dedicated, special, uh, reflective time together. Now, if this was just about knowing more or knowing better, we're good at that, knowing better, uh, Paul would say to us in 1 Corinthians 8 that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So you, you know if you're, which track you're on, if, you're, if, if your knowledge is making you proud that I've done this, I know this, or if you're being moved to love others and care for others. That uh, builds up or love, build, or love builds up, puffs up or love builds up. The love building up is a personal interaction that prayer brings about in our lives with others around us. And if we're not doing that, then it's all about me, and I know this, and I feel better about myself because I've done this, and it's, it's all me instead of the outward focus of the gospel into others' lives. So when we pray, 
we're not providing information to God, right? He knows what we're going to say already. The psalmist even says that. We're opening ourselves up to Him and His Spirit and opening our will to Him. And I think the best illustration of this happening in the life of Jesus is when He prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I... Uh, and we'll come back to Isaiah 55. Um, they went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be distressed and agitated. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. And there's so much there. We, we won't go into all of it. But in this time, Jesus acknowledges God's power, that he can do anything. He acknowledges that God has a plan. And that Jesus has a preference, but in the course of his prayer, he also, he also submits to the Father's plan, the Father's will. And all of this is happening in just a couple sentences in Jesus in prayerful interaction with God. And I would submit the same thing as possible for us in prayerful interaction with God to in, term, in terms of of acknowledging his power, acknowledging that he has a plan, saying, you know what, I'd like this if this was what the plan ended up to be, but not what I will, but what you will. Whether we're talking about significant things or whether or not to have a conversation with someone, whether or not to serve or something like that. Um, Jesus is an example for us that it's not providing information, but providing a situation where we are in, in relational back and forth with God through His Spirit. Now, I want to go back to Isaiah 55 because um, it's a powerful uh, commentary on prayer and why we need Him. And I think to, this is today's pray-as-you-go uh, scripture. So Isaiah urges us to seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. So this seeking the Lord and calling upon him, this, these images of prayer, look at all that's going on inside that. So, so let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and to our God for he will abundantly pardon so in the process of calling upon him and praying, there's the, there is a, a process of repentance, of pardoning, and returning, and mercy. I mean, it's all right there. And here's why we need to do this. Because my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end, he's toast because he doesn't know. We, we, and God's, God's ways and thoughts are so far above ours, our only hope is to, 
interact with him in prayer and seek his face and his counsel. And so when we look at our theme verse um, uh, of Matthew, um, this is not a supply chain requisition order. Oh, need more, need more harvesters, let's ask for more harvesters. This is a, uh, well, let's, let's go through it. This is, um, this is far more than far more than send, send more witnesses. So Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. Now we won't parse through all of those in terms of equivalence in our lives. Marvin kind of did, did that, and um, I have a sneaky suspicion we will be doing that in some of our, some of our homework. But just the, the fact that that. Jesus is, um, uh, like I think Kara pointed out, the, the various uh, flavors of teaching that went on last weekend. Uh, Jesus is, uh, is used, as we, and we just talked about our gifts. Jesus isn't using just one of his gifts. He's using all of them, uh, putting, putting them all out there in order to bear witness to God. And as, uh, as he sees the crowds, and, and has compassion on them. That once again, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And so as Jesus' love is engaged and sees these people uh, harassed and helpless, sheep without a shepherd, that's what, that's what uh, triggers this prayer. It's Jesus' love and care and compassion for the people. He's not looking for more numbers or more tithing at the temple or, or something like that. He actually has compassion and cares about these people. And then, that, then our key phrase there, pray earnestly, that verb that's, that's the intensive one, not just say your prayers, but this was, is imploring and beseeching God so that this is a fervent prayer to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. And if we think about how that prayer worked in Gethsemane, this prayer asking for laborers to be sent out ultimately includes make me one of them. I don't feel like I can do that, but make me one of them, uh, however, what, whatever it takes to do that. Now, one of the things that, that God does in, use to, to make us uh, laborers is uh, something the psalmist uh, that we opened with weaves together as the psalmist talks about the, the, the breadth and the, the cultivation of their relationship with God, how he is interacting with him uh, in multiple ways, just like Jesus is using all of his gifts all the time, here's different ways of interacting with God. First, to give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. There's two different things, thanking and proclaiming his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him. Yes, sing his praises. So there is, there's, there's layers of activity and shades of, of praise and worship that are, that are woven throughout this psalmist's uh, uh, life here. Sing to him. Sing his praises. So you're praising. Then you tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. You're letting the whole world know what he's done. Exalt in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. I just love that Cynthia talked about the joy of the Lord. 
She did not know that this psalm was going to be part of our uh, meditations. It's just the Spirit lining things up. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord and for His strength. Continually seek Him. Once again, this is not a revelation. It's a reminder of how important this is and how rich and varied our walk with Christ is. Now, as we said in Wednesday's group, our excitement about Jesus is what drives it all. And the psalmist is excited about God. He's excited about how great God is. He's excited about what God has done. He's excited about getting to tell everybody all this amazing news. But what's the kicker? At the end, search for the Lord and His strength. All of this is powered by God's strength. And as we talked about uh, what C.S. Lewis has uh, says about sharing our faith, that we are so excited about Jesus, we just naturally share stories. Just like if we're really excited if you just finished reading The Lord of the Rings for the first time and you can't wait to tell friends about it or whatever film it is, that your excitement about something that really touches you just naturally flows. And so seeking that kind of regenerative, transformative time with him is where it starts. Not out at the grocery store. It starts, it starts uh, I'm not going to be able to much longer, but I like to have my quiet times out on the deck with the umbrella up. It feels like I'm in a kind of a cozy little place. And, and those are the places where God is working on me and preparing me for out there, um, but it starts in that time in His presence and doesn't start out there because then it's me trying to do it instead of doing His. So we are seeking to foster a genuine relationship with Jesus and His Spirit to seek His presence, to be transformed by Him. Then when we interact with others, it'll be like Jesus in Matthew, in His using His gifts flowing naturally in interaction and relationship with the people around him, and uh, he'll be powering it, and our witness will be genuine and authentic. It won't be, okay, Marvin said to say this, this, and this, and this, or anything like that. It'll flow from, I was in prayer this morning for you. and it, I mean, it will just flow naturally from where we are. Now, I'm, I'm going to go rogue and make a request that I don't believe that Marvin has, and I'm going to ask you to um, use, well, to be clear, if we're working in the training, we're working on lesson one this week, okay? Let's go to page seven of that, and um, I want to ask you to pray through page seven as many times a week as you can. Because I, there's so much packed into this, and if God does this in us, um, if he, he, will, he will do amazing things. So recognize, so pray that, you, that God would help you recognize in your mind, your will, and your emotions that Christ is the King of the universe. To cultivate the feeling, the sense that that is true. We, once again, knowledge 
versus relationship. Make, cultivate the relationship and the knowing. Pray to humble ourselves, to turn from sin, to put our trust in Christ as King. Confess Him as Lord, and if we haven't been born again, but to actually remember that commitment if we've made it already. Um, and to pray through, he even has a picture of a pray, person praying to submit increasingly to Christ as king in their attitudes, in our attitudes, thoughts, feelings, words, and deeds by the power of God's Spirit. And I, I pray through the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer is my, is my outline. And when I say, uh, your kingdom come, I start with, me in my allegiance to your lordship so let your let your reign as king begin in me and increase in me and then think everything will flow from that and i think that's what he's talking about in that third point to pray that we would humbly trust god that he will work to grow his kingdom and so devote ourselves to praying to him especially for workers and opportunities to pray, this is something I pray all the time, because it's so easy for me to just be on my, on my path, on my task, to pray to be able to see people, to notice them and view them as Jesus did and does, harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So can you, can you see how praying through these things is different from just reading them and saying, yeah, that's, that would be good. That would, instead of just doing that, ask God to do them in us. Uh, to have compassion for people. To feel it and show it. To pray for that. To pray to attest to the reality of God's kingdom with our deeds. Anytime God gives us an opportunity. To pray for open doors. Practice watchfulness. Probe people's hearts and relate to the kingship of Christ anytime God gives us an opportunity. These are all, some related, but there's shades of difference that are important. Pray to explain and equip us, both intentionally and spontaneously, whenever God gives opportunities. And here it's all summed up to pray that God would help us to view ourselves as humble servants of the King, on call 24-7, constantly watching and ready to do the King's bidding as He gives opportunity. It's a lot there, and I'm not saying pray through this every day, but if you could pray through that a couple times a week and let that awareness build and cultivate, I think it would be something the Spirit used powerfully. This is not something we are doing for God. This is something we're doing with God. We're doing this by His power, by His grace, and to his glory. And the way it all stays focused on Him is we stay focused on Him in lives of prayer that acknowledge His presence, His power, His grace, and His glory. Let us pray. Lord, we are humbled and sometimes overwhelmed at the thought of Your call upon us and the the wonderful things that you, you call us to. At the same time, though, as, as earnest as we are, we are also, uh, we are also joyful that you have, uh, you have 
turned mourning into dancing in, in the way that you have raised from the dead and the way that you have placed your spirit within us and given us this, uh, this message of joy and reconciliation of hope. Bless us to, to live lives of, of, of service to you, Jesus. Bless us to live lives that reflect you and your love and your care for everyone around us. Help us to begin with ourselves and our walk with you, but then flow through us into, into those around us, all to your glory, by your power and grace. Hear our prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so as we finish this morning, would you stand and let me uh, read over you this, uh, this prayer of Paul from Ephesians 3. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Let's say it together. Amen. Amen. God bless us, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Oak Haven Church. We're located at 2175 Witzel Avenue in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. To hear previous podcasts, visit our website at oakhavenchurch.net.